Father, we come to you this morning and we offer up a sacrifice of praise. We thank you for your gift of life and salvation and hope and love. And Father, the least we can do is come and acknowledge you and praise and worship you, giving our sacrifice of praise and worship unto you. And Father, this morning, I pray that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, Lord, and see what you're doing in our lives, see what you're doing in our midst. And Father, we pray that you would open our spiritual ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us, that as you begin to pour into us this morning, that our hearts would be overflowing with your presence and your love your joy and your strength and your encouragement, all the things that we are in need of. Lord, we come and ask that you would fill us today to overflowing and that we would walk away changed because we've encountered the almighty God who has reached into the deepest recesses of our heart and touched the places that we need a touch from you. So God, we give you praise and glory and honor and thanks. And we pray this prayer with great expectation that we would walk away changed because you've downloaded and you've touched us. You've downloaded into us. In Jesus' name we pray, giving you thanks. And all the people of God said hallelujah and amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, praise team. Great job this morning. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Wow. I'm really excited today. Uh, before I get to that, um, let me just uh, conclude a couple of things. We've been going through this season of prayer and fasting. We've been doing this 31-day devotional. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. How many of you read all 31 days in the devotional? Can I see your hands? Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. Uh, I think it's been a life-changing season for us as we've spent... Uh, 21 days fasting and praying, and, and then we've concluded with a 31-day devo devotional. And we're continuing in this series, Fast, Pray, and Praise. Um, but I just wanted to, as, as this is the last day of the month, kind of re recap a couple of things. Uh, through this year, not just through this month, but I encourage you to spend some time fasting and praying, especially if you have an important decision to make, you've, you've got some things that you really need to hear from the Lord on. There's something that happens when we begin to fast and pray and intentionally set aside some time to really seek Him. The Lord honors that and does something. And uh, so I encourage you to do that. Uh, we're also um, continuing, I'd like you to continue to pray, not just through this month, but on a continual basis for greater reflection in your relationship with the Lord, that he would continue to reveal things to you and speak to your hearts, sharing his heart with you. And also that we're praying for our communities, that, that the, the Lord will turn people's hearts toward him and uh, that, that they would be saved and healed and set free. Man, there's people all around us that, that need the hope of Christ. And you may be the tool, you may be the mechanism, you may be the catalyst that God uses to reach out to those lives and make a difference. So we're praying for people in our communities. We're praying for revival in our nation. 
as Christians, we need to stand firm on the word of God and not compromise. Live lives that would honor God and uh, reflect his heart. And that comes really from having a relationship with him and knowing his heart in order to reflect that. And we're also praying to end abortion, to help others understand that there's a better way. And listen, if, if you've had an abortion, we're not here to condemn you or judge you. We're just here to say there's a better way. And uh, it's not acceptable that people are aborting children for convenience or, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, huh? Uh, uh, for convenience or uh, birth control. Thank you. Gosh, um, it, that's not acceptable. There are other ways. There are people that are wanting to adopt children, and we, we support Anchor Point, and they can help uh, unwed uh, young mothers or un, unwed mothers, and they're connected with networks for people that are looking for children. And so what we want to say is we're not here to condemn you, but we're here to say there's a better way. And uh, so we're, we're praying that, that those those things will, that mentality will cease and that people will place greater value on life. We're praying also to end murder and violence in our communities and in this nation. Guys, we need some help. We need some help. And people are just going around killing people like it's a video game or something. When you kill someone, they don't get up. You don't start the game over. There's not a reset. So we're praying that there will be an end to the violence in our communities and nation. We're praying about direction regarding land and a building for life fellowship. We're, we either get to go to two services or we get a bigger building. Something's got to happen. So it would be our preference that we would get some land and a building. But you know what? We want to do whatever the Lord wants to do. And so we're praying about that, um, which leads me to the next point. Uh, we encourage you to, to be involved in serving. And if we go to two services, we're going to need more help. So I want to encourage you to pray about that and and uh, maybe you're already serving, but maybe the Lord is asking you to ramp it up a little bit. We, we are very deliberate in not overtaxing people and, and having them serve every week. We try to really spread it out. But if we go to two services, we're going to need some help. So be in prayer about that. And then because we've concluded in, in reading the daily devotional, we'll be continuing in reading the Old Testament. We'll, we'll finish that up this year. And uh, so... At this time, I'd like to release the warrior youth to go back. And uh, I, this, this sermon this morning is going to be a little bit different <clears throat> from a, a couple of aspects. One, I'm going to be sharing my heart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sharing something and talking about something that I'm very, very passionate about. And uh, I'm passionate about the Lord. I'm passionate about you guys, I love you so much. And one of the things that really has my heart is worship. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about this morning. And so I have a lot of material to cover, but I don't have as many scriptures as we normally have. So it's going to be a little bit different. And then uh, if you took a chemistry class or you've taken some classes in school, you know that sometimes there's a lecture in a lab. And we're going to have a lab today as well. So get on your safety goggles and your safety gloves and fire up your Bunsen burners. We're going we're gonna to have an experiment this morning. So, okay. So this morning, I wanna, we're going to look at worship. And we've been talking about fasting, praying, and praising. And another aspect of that is worship. 
praise and worship go together. Last week I taught on praise, so if you missed last week's sermon, I encourage you to go back and watch that because we are a praise and worshiping church. We will always be put emphasis on worship. We say that we're Bible-based, Christ-centered, worship-driven. So that's not just a nice little thing to say. We're serious about that. And so I so appreciate you guys entering into worship and just laying it all out there. So if you missed last week's sermon, go back and, and watch that. I'm just going to touch on a couple of things that I talked about. There, this is a very broad uh, description between praise and worship songs because you may talk to people and they say, well, what's the difference between a praise song and a worship song? Or you may not know. And so I've been trying to help define that. So this is not a hard and fast rule, but this is kind of a general overview of the difference between praise and worship songs. So praise is centered generally around singing about God. And I gave you some examples of that last week. And there are transitional songs, too, that kind of take us from praise and worship. Again, this is not a hard and fast rule, but this is just something to help you identify. Normally, praise songs are a little more up-tempo and a little more driving. But they're, they're usually centered around singing about God. Worship is focused around engaging with God. And so when, when people say, well... I just show up for the sermon part of the service. I, I skip all the music. I'm like, no, please come to the praise and worship because what happens is it begins to prepare our heart for the word of God. It begins to prepare us to receive. It's a time of engagement. It's not just about singing nice songs. It's about engagement with him. So last week we looked at some, some examples of praise and this morning we'll look at some here in a few minutes about uh, that are, are, are what I consider good examples for worship. Uh, worship is not a song service. It's a lifestyle where we remain connected to the Lord. Um, because sometimes we'll get caught in this trap of thinking, oh, well, I'm going to, to the worship service. And, and worship should be our lifestyle. And, and the verse that Walter used today was really good. The, the word that stuck out to me was, was not so much um, offering, but continual that we can remain, that we can be offering up continually uh, uh, an attitude and a heart of praise to God as you're driving in your car, as you're doing mundane tasks at work. There have been many times where I've spent just countless hours at work worshiping the Lord, and I wasn't singing. Uh, my coworkers are probably really glad that I was not singing out loud, but I was singing in my spirit. And so we can, the word says that we can make a melody in our heart unto the Lord. That's what it's all about. It's not how good you sing or any of that. And I'm thankful for the scripture that says make a joyful noise. Because sometimes I'm singing and it sounds more like a joyful no noise than it does singing. But it's, it's about engagement with our heart. And so that's what I'm really talking about. When we talk about worship, worship is a lifestyle. It's not about a song or a song service. I want to go back and touch on a, a, a definition of praise that I used last week. Praise, to express warm approval or admiration of. To express one's respect and gratitude toward. To express respect and gratitude as an act of worship. Praise and worship go together. And so as we begin to praise the Lord, it's an act of worship. And here's the definition for worship. Worthiness, respect, reverence paid to a divine being. Extravagant, extravagant admiration. Are you extravagant in your admiration for the Lord? Devotion to 
or four. And I added this, intimacy. I think intimacy really captures the heart of worship where we're intimately engaged with him. So if praise is singing about God, which, you know, we've kind of defined that as kind of being the rule or, or the, you know, part of the goal in praise. If praise is singing about God, casual Christians or even non-Christians can be comfortable with that. But when we start talking about worship, about intimacy, oh, that's a whole nother level. So if, if we say that praise is really not kind of non-committal and as, as casual Christians or even non-believers, we can begin to feel comfortable in praise, uh, there's more to that. You know, I've heard people say, well, I believe in Jesus or I've, I've heard about Jesus or, you know, I, I know that Jesus lived. Well, the demons from hell know that. You know, and they, they knew who Jesus was. I think sometimes the demons from hell had a greater understanding of who Jesus was than a lot of Christians do because they knew the power. What would happen when they would encounter Jesus? They knew he had power and authority over them. Do you know that Jesus has power and authority over the demons? Do you know that Jesus has power, all authority in heaven and earth, it says in Matthew 28? All authority in heaven and earth belong to him. So he has all authority. And so just because the demons acknowledged Jesus and knew who he was, they didn't have a relationship with him. They didn't follow him and his commands, his commandments. And so there are people that know about Jesus. They may even believe in Jesus but that doesn't mean that there's a relationship there. And that's what we're really talking about is in this intimacy is this relationship that happens as we begin to worship him and pour out our hearts, our breath, our very breath comes from him. And so we're giving him praise and, and the, uh, offering up the sacrifice of praise. But more importantly, we're engaging with him. That's the purpose and the goal of, of worship. And now singing about God can, can be done casually, as I was saying earlier, that there's, there may not be a commitment to that. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Okay, so we've all heard little children, and oh, that's a cute little song. But do, do we really understand what that means? We can, so we can casually praise God, we can casually read scripture or even quote scripture verses. And that doesn't necessarily equate to this intimacy that I'm talking about. Um, we've probably all been at funerals where they, they quote Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And so we've recited scripture before without really connecting with the Lord necessarily. So we can quote these scriptures, but do they really mean anything? We can even go through the motions in prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How many times have you said the Lord's prayer and not really thought about it? It's just kind of a, a, a rote uh, memorization or you're just sharing the word of God. I mean, there, there's not anything really wrong with that, but what I'm saying is that there's more to that. There's more to just saying these prayers or just quoting scripture, and, and we've all done it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, you know, and that's a good encouraging word, but we need to let that soak into our heart 
And so we can go through the motions. And, and early on in the series, we talked about prayer and we went through the Lord's Prayer and we kind of broke that down and, and looked at what that really meant. And so if you missed that sermon, I encourage you to go back and listen to that too, because there's a lot there. There's a whole lot there that we need to grasp. It's not just about the words that we say and the things that come out of our mouth, but it's what's in our heart and are we engaging with him? So we can go through the motions in praise and worship. We can go through the motions in our Christian walk. What does it mean to be a Christian? There are cults, I would call them cults, religions out there that say they're Christian, but they, they don't hold true to the word of God. They change the word of God or they look at other uh, writings and, and equate those to equal to being uh, with the word of God and the Bible. And, uh, you know, they... They, they believe in Jesus, but they don't follow him. They're not committed disciples. And so that's what I'm talking about. We can say that we're a Christian. Maybe you know people. Maybe there have been times in your life where you've claimed to be a Christian, but people would look at you and say, I'm not seeing the fruit here. And I've shared with you guys numerous times about a life-changing event for me when I was working with a, a young man. We were both younger then. And uh, he came up and he said, Mark, you say you're a Christian, but the words that come out of your mouth don't reflect it. Stabbed me in the heart. He was so right. And it was a turning point in my life because I realized that this intimacy and this connection was not really happening because my life was not exampling what I was saying, that the words that were coming from my mouth did not reflect the change in my heart. And that was a turning point for me. And I believe that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, sent that man to speak into my life. It changed my life. So we can go through the motions in our Christian walk, or we can engage with him. It's a choice that we make when we come in here on Sunday mornings. Are we choosing to enter into worship? And I know that there can be distractions. Um, I know that when, when we go to Gateway or, or other churches, sometimes I, I can very easily be assessing, evaluating, listening to the band. Oh, that's a cool lick that, that guy just played. Or what's the drummer doing right there? Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Or is that somebody sing, singing flat? You know, or whatever that may look like. But I can get caught up in that trap of evaluating what's going on musically and so sometimes I have to say, you know, that's a cool drum lick, but I'm, I'm going to focus on him. I'm going to push into him. And so it, sometimes it has to be a deliberate choice that we make because there are plenty of distractions. There are plenty of distractions. And so when we come, when we come into the presence of the Lord, whether that be corporately, which is a great time to do that, or whether that be we're driving in our car, and we've got some praise and worship music going on. Be watching where you're going. Be paying attention. We got rear-ended last week because somebody wasn't watching what they were doing. So be alert while you're driving. But you can be worshiping because it's from your heart. And as you're doing little tasks at work or around the house or whatever, you can be worshiping. So we can connect with the Lord uh, in, in almost any situation. And it's about engaging with him. <laughs> We can have a passionate, intimate relationship with the Lord. Somebody needs to tweet this next thing I'm going to say. God's greatest desire is a personal, intimate relationship with you. That's his greatest desire. I, I've thought about that, and I've thought, well, you know, can I emphatically say that? And I think I can. 
I think that's God's greatest desire to have a personal, intimate relationship with us. That's his greatest desire. That's his heart, that we would connect to him. There are thousands of people all across the world right now probably singing some of the same songs that we've sung. And I wonder how many are being entertained. Oh, look at those lights. Oh, look at the smoke. Look at, you know, the flash and dash, whatever that is. There's nothing wrong with platform lights. There's nothing wrong with those kinds of things. But if they're distracting us from the heart of worship, I've shared the story with you before, Matt Redman, who wrote The Heart of Worship. He, that song was written out of a place where he realized that the worship team was just kind of going through the motions and it became about all this other stuff. And he set the, the team down and said, we're, we're going back to basics, just acoustic. We're coming back to the heart of worship. It's not about the screaming guitars and the blazing drums and all that kind of stuff. I love that stuff, by the way. But it's about, it's about the Lord connecting with him. And we can get lost in all that other stuff. We can get distracted from all those other things. But it's about the heart of worship. I love that song. I'm coming back to the heart of worship because it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. So I wonder how many are being entertained. And there are a lot of churches that, that do that. And, and they think that, well, we have to entertain people because we're such... Visual people, we have a short attention span, and if we're not entertaining people, then they won't come to church. But if you've been coming here very long, you know that our services, our worship is not about entertainment, it's about engagement. That's where life change happens. That's where people's hearts are changed. It's not an entertainment. Man, you can go home and watch a good movie or a football game or whatever, but it's when we connect with God, what could be better than that? I don't know of anything. And I think about how many are, are consumed with other things uh, when they're at church. Like I was talking about, you can be consumed with, you know, looking at the platform, the musicians, or you can be thinking about lunch or whatever. And how many people, I wonder, are just singing along? Oh, it's a nice little song. But are they really engaging? And most of the songs that we sing, I would say all the songs that we sing are Bible-based. A lot of them are scripture, songs that are taken right out of scripture. So it's a great way for you to memorize scripture as you begin to sing these songs. And in fact, in, in the history of Israel, a lot of times that's how they would remember their past and the things that, that they had gone through is through song. Because you can hear a song and you may not even know what the words are, are really mean, but you can sing the song. So... Um, singing is a great way to connect with the Lord, but it's not just about singing a wonderful little song. It's about connecting with him. And I wonder how many are experiencing an intimate connection with him. And that's, that's the heart of what we're targeting. And so I want us to always be a praise and worshiping church, engaging versus just singing. Um, the goal of worship is to move us from singing about God, praise, to engaging with him. That's really the worship. And that's where we want to continue to drive. Here's another thing you may want to tweet. Worship moves us from casual to intimate, from apathetic to passionate. It moves us from casual to intimate, 
from apathetic to passionate. If you think about, um, well, like, like music, let's just use that for, for an example. You can have somebody get up here and play some notes and play some chords, and they can be technically correct. It can be, it can be good. But what happens when people are passionately playing? You, you can tell the difference because their heart is into it. And, uh, you know, there's just something that happens when we're passionate about uh, praising and worshiping. There's something that's different. I mean, I could get up here and just uh, worship moves us from casual to intimate, from apathetic to uh, what, what, oh, yeah, passionate. But you know what? I'm passionate. I'm a pas- passionate person because I love God. I know what God has done in my life. And so we need to be people of passion. We need to be living it. (laughs) Guess who's back? (laughs) We're glad to have you guys back. The Brissettes are back in town this weekend. But worship moves us from casual to intimate, from apathetic to passionate. And a short recap on some of the expressions of praise and worship that I talked about last week. Singing. We sing. We lift our hands. We shout, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We have something to be shouting about. Listen, when you get healed, when God does a miracle in your life, when God does something, that's better than a a Texan touchdown or a J.J. Watt sack. I mean, come on. So, and I know those are high on your list, but especially the touchdown part, right? But, uh, But really, we have something to shout about. Because God has done something in our life. So singing, lifting our hands. Remember, I use this example. And I want you to shout it out now, okay? Come out with your hands up. Surrender. The international sign of surrender. So when we come into the presence of the Lord, you know, we may, we may be lifting our hands. And I, and I talked with somebody uh, a while back, and they said, Pastor, I'm not really comfortable in lifting my hands. I said, don't lift your hands then. Just engage your heart. It's okay. You don't have to suffer peer pressure. Oh, everybody's lifting their hands around me. Listen, just be authentic with him. Come on, it's okay. I'm not, I don't really consider myself to be real demonstrative in worship, but there are times when I'm lifting my hands. There are times when I'm kneeling. There's times when I'm crying. And, you know, I'm, I'm not about putting on a show. That's, I'm engaging with him. And my pride would say, oh, somebody's going to judge you for crying, you big crybaby. And I'm like, shut up. I don't care. <laughs> shut up. Uh, if I want to cry, it's my party, and I can cry if I want to. <laughs> you know, but really, unless I'm, unless I'm distracting someone else, you know, I'm just going to engage with him. And I've, I've shared with you guys before how I don't like to cry in public, and I do it a lot up here for some reason. Um, but one time I was apologizing for that and the Holy Spirit said, stop it. I can change that. You don't want to cry anymore? I'll take away that passion. <sighs> Lord, I repent. I'm sorry. I'll cry all day long. Please don't take that away from me. I love that connection. I love that passion that I feel when I'm connected with you. And I'll be a crybaby for you all day long. I don't like it, but I'll cry. But it's that passion, it's that connection that we feel with God that it's okay. Pride will keep us from connecting with him. 
So don't allow pride to keep you from that connection because I tell you, the benefits are wonderful. So singing, lifting our hands, clapping our hands, bowing and kneeling, shouting, dancing. These are all things that we can do to express our love for God, our connection with him. And the, the thing is, is that we just need to be authentic in that. Whatever the Lord places on your heart, it's okay. It's okay. So there are benefits to worshiping the Lord and demonstrating our praise and worship to him. So let me go back to this uh, kind of loose definition of praise. Praise is, is centered around singing about God. Worship is more focused around engaging with God. And last week I gave you some examples of some praise songs, and, and this morning I want to give you some examples of worship songs. This first one is Awesome is the Lord Most High, and I think this could be a possible transition. Again, if, if praise is singing about God, um, well, let me just read these, these lyrics. Great are you, Lord, mighty in strength. Okay, so the lyricist is writing about great is the Lord, kind of, about God. Great are you, Lord, mighty in strength. You are faithful, you will ever be. We will praise you all of our days. It's for your glory we offer everything. Raise your hands, all you nations, shout to God. So that can be kind of a transition because it's kind of like singing about God, but also singing to God. Again, don't get hung up on this thing. Oh, that's a praise song. I'm not entering in on that one. Just, just, I just want you to be informed. Here's, here's a worship song. Uh, this is what I would consider a worship song, uh, a gateway, another gateway song. God be praised. You saved my life from death. So a lot of times in a worship song, we will be proclaiming some things. We'll be proclaiming the word of God, or we may be proclaiming what God has done in, in our life. He saved our life from death, from sin. We read in James 1 where when sin comes to fruition, it leads to what? To death. It could be physical. It could be spiritual, certainly. But uh, let's look at these lyrics. You saved my life from death. I was all but defeated. Can anybody relate to that? Have you ever had seasons in your life when you were all but defeated? Maybe you were defeated. Seemingly, you spoke your promises and brought life to my weakness. You spoke your promises over me and brought life to my weakness. You said in James 1.18, of all creation, I'm your prized possession, that I'm your masterpiece in Ephesians 2.8, I think. Uh, you spoke your promises and brought life to my weakness, came as a conquering king, and you warred for my freedom. You took on all my sins at the cross so that I could be free, so that I could have this relationship restored with my heavenly father, came as a conquering king, and you warred for my freedom. My soul can't help but sing hallelujah. My soul has to sing hallelujah. You opened up my eyes for the first time I saw you. Think about when you came to the Lord, and, and it's like God began to open your eyes to see him for the loving, gracious Father that, that he is, or, or however he, he did that for you. Your love commanding life and deserving devotion. You told me who I am. Now, in faith, I believe it. You made a place for me, silenced all my accusers. My soul can't help but sing. Hallelujah. Here's another song that we'll be singing here in a little while, The More I Seek You. 
Listen to these words, this, this declaration, this intimacy. When, when people are writing these songs, they're writing from their heart. And I'm looking forward to the day when we are writing songs that are from our heart, that are reflective of this house and what's going on in our lives. Maybe God is calling you to begin to pen some lyrics and write some poems or things like that. The more I seek you, the more I find you. Have you ever been in a desperate place where, God, I need you, I need to find you, and I'm not giving in until I press through this thing and find you. The more I seek you, the more I find you. And God is not hiding behind a tree or something. He wants to be found by us. But sometimes we have to go after him. Listen, for those of you that are married, when you were dating someone, you probably were, you may have been pretty aggressive in seeking that person out, calling them on the phone, wondering what they're doing, driving by their house, stopping by to say hello to them, or, you know, uh, did, did I lose, I, I think I may have left something in your car at your house. You didn't leave anything there. You just needed an excuse to go by. Come on. So are we that hungry for God? Are we seeking him? The more I seek you, the more I find you. The more I find you, ah, the more I love you, the more I fall in love with you. I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand. I want to have an intimate time with you. I want to sit at your feet. I just want to be in your presence. I just want to sit next to you. I want to drink from the cup in your hand. I want to lay back against you and breathe and feel your heartbeat. That's the kind of relationship that I want to have with the Lord. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. Sometimes when I get into that place of worship, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with his presence, with his love. That's why I cry. Whether you cry or not, it's not the issue. The issue is, are you engaging with him? Are you putting all those other things aside? Are you hungry? Are you hungry for him? I have an insatiable hunger and thirst for him that cannot be satisfied are quenched except one way, through spending time with him. Engagement stems from close or intimate relationships. God is about having an engaging personal relationship with us. How many times have you just been with your spouse or someone that you love and maybe you're not talking? And let me, ladies, let me help you out here. Guys, if you think that intimacy is always about sex, you're wrong, okay? Can I get an amen from the ladies? <laughs> so it's not about that. I mean, the guy thinks anytime the, the woman gets up close, he thinks it's one thing, the thing that he thinks about every five seconds or whatever men think about. But it's not always about having sex. It's about that, that personal, intimate relationship with him, with the Lord, and so there are times when you may be just sitting there with your spouse or your loved one. Nobody's saying anything. You don't have to say anything. There doesn't have to be conversation. You can just be satisfied in knowing that you're close to them. I remember 
uh, probably a couple of years ago, a friend of mine called me and uh, the background on this story was that uh, before we moved to Houston 12 years ago, he called us one night and, and he'd been unfaithful to his wife, not once, not twice, numerous times. And he said, man, she's throwing me out and I guess I'm gonna have to sleep in the car. And I said, well, you, you probably should. Uh, but I said, I tell you what, we'll let you, we'll let you come and stay here. And he, I, I guess he lived with us for about six months. And, but I said, this is what I want. And I gave him a list. I, I, I told him what I wanted to do. And he had to commit to the things that I gave him to do, his assignments, all of those things. And um, so I gave him a list of things to do. And he said, I'll do it. So I said, okay. So he called me a couple of years ago. And uh, I guess this situation happened like 14, well, let's see. It happened in uh, around 2000, uh, the year of 2000. So he called me saying 2013, 13 years later. And he said for the first time, and he didn't know how long they were watching TV on the sofa and she scooted over next to him or she laid down in his lap. She finally began to trust him after 13 years. But you know what? For him, that was better than any sex they could have had. That was about her opening herself back up to him to trust him, to allow herself to be vulnerable and intimate with him. And that's what the Lord is looking for with us. Are you vulnerable before him? Are you willing to trust him? Are you willing to take the pains and the hurts and all the stuff, all the junk that maybe you've been carrying around all of your life and lay them at the feet of the cross and come to your heavenly father and submit those things and begin to trust him? I wanna melt in your peace, it's overwhelming. That's what we can do with the Lord. It's about this intimate relationship. It's great to know about God, and, and we learn about him through the Bible. We learn about him through spending time in prayer and meditating on his word, focusing on his word, thinking about his word. We connect with him when we praise and worship, and, and uh, we learn how to walk in victory and overcome challenges. All of us have challenges, but we go from knowing about God to having a relationship with him when we ask him into our life that's where it begins as we begin to yield our life to him and then it's a continual work a process it's a lifelong process of God infusing us with his love and pulling out the weeds in our life it's not about uh, religion it's not about a set of do's and don'ts it's about relationship that God wants so desperately to have with us if we will just decide to, to reach out to him, if we don't have one, as our relationship with the Lord begins to develop, we grow and we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. We take time to pray and bring our requests to the Lord and not just a laundry list of things we want, but say, what's your heart on this, God? What's your desire for me in this situation? There are times when, when I don't take anything to him. I just want to praise him and thank him for what he's done and for who he is. I don't have a, a motive or a, an agenda. 
I just want to come into his presence and worship him. And that's one of the ways that we can really grow. And so worship shifts our focus from us to him. When you begin to worship, you, you stop thinking about your eye problems. I, 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 I. You start thinking about him. And there's an amazing thing that can happen as we begin to press into him. Those mountains and those challenges in our lives seem to diminish. And many times he'll take care of those things. I mean, if we would just trust him, sometimes I have to get out of, out of the way and allow him to do what he needs to do because I keep circumventing what he wants to do. I keep getting in the way. I say, God, I give it to you, and then I, I jump right back in the middle of it. And he's like, do you want me to fix it or do you want to keep beating your head against the wall? I think I'm preaching to somebody besides me today. Come on. So God wants to do something in our life, but we have to trust him. Uh, experiencing God should not be weird or kooky or spooky. You know, and there are churches that, oh, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit because he's like that drunk uncle that shows up at the, you know, every other weekend and you don't know what he's going to do. The Holy Spirit is not like that. He loves us. He wants to guide us and lead us into all truth. Spending time with God should be the most normal and natural thing that we do. And the reason I say that is because when you look at Adam and Eve before they sinned, before they disobeyed, before they ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what did, what did the word say? It said that God came down and walked with them in the cool of the day. See, we were designed and created to have that level of relationship with the Lord. That should not be an anomaly or something that, that happens on occasion. We were designed for that. And so you've heard the saying, God-shaped hole. People try to fill it with drugs or alcohol or sex or whatever that may look like. There's only one thing that fits that God-shaped hole is God because we were created to have a relationship with him. So it should be the, the most natural or normal thing that we should do. We were created with emotions. It's okay to be emotional. So it's about authenticity. Worship becomes a personal connection with God. And I can get into that worship zone pretty quickly because I've spent, I don't know, thousands of hours probably worshiping. I don't know. Because it's not, it's not about a song service on Sunday morning or a good song on the radio on, on the way to work. It's about a lifestyle of engaging with him. And so the more that we do that, the more that we engage with him, the more comfortable we get. For those of you that have a prayer language, when, you first, when the Lord first gave you your prayer language, it sounded awkward and, and weird. But as you begin to pray in the spirit, then it becomes more comfortable because you're more comfortable with it. And so God does something. God begins to bring change to our hearts as we connect with him. And if you've never experienced that intimacy and that time with the Lord, today's a good, a good day to do that. So as we understand God's great love for us and get comfortable with that, we, we begin to press into that. Um, and I still have a lot to cover here. Let me, let me get moving. Uh, worshiping God is probably the most important single thing we can do. And I thought about that. You know, I thought, should I make that statement? But I think it is. I think that's probably one of the greatest things that we can do. 
in Psalm 22, 3 through 5, God inhabits the praises of his people. My first point this morning is today is a great day to worship God. Let's go to John 4, 23. Jesus said, but the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. True worshipers, this Greek word is alathenos. Uh, it means those who are genuine, those who are real, those who are authentic, those who are in authentic unity with the truth. True worshipers are genuine. They're authentic. And this, this comes from the Greek word aletheia, which means truth, uh, reality, true to fact. The opposite of an illusion. Have you ever seen an illusionist? What is that? It's a trick. It's not the truth, right? And so aletheia is the opposite of illusion. Aletheia, the truth, is authentic, genuine, true to fact. True worshipers are authentic and genuine. They will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Um, let's look at John 14, 6. Jesus was talking with Thomas and the disciples. Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Not through Buddha, not through Muhammad, not through the 44,444 uh, gods of Hindu. Jesus said, there's one way, me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And then in John 14, uh, well, let me read John 14, 6 again. Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This Greek word here for truth is, again, aletheia. It means truth, not an illusion, but reality. Back in John 4, 23, Jesus said, But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who, what, will worship him in that way. Are you one of those that says, I will worship him in that way? It's a choice that we make. My second point. Worshiping God is a choice, but the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers, are you a true worshiper? We'll worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. So let's look at this last statement. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. It's, it, this is a statement of God looking, seeking, to inquire of, to get to the bottom of the matter. He's looking for those that will worship him in that way. He's looking for people that are real, authentic, that engage with him. I would never ask you to do something that would not be authentic. I can't imagine that I would ever ask you that. And so what I'm asking you is just be authentic. If you're not comfortable in raising your hands, it's okay. If you're not comfortable in clapping, it's okay. And let me give you... Uh, let me say this too. If you don't know when to clap, don't clap. Okay. <laughs> Please help a brother out here. I've seen people. Have you ever seen people and they're clapping? Everybody's clapping on beat. And then there's that one person that's off beat. And here's a clue. When Jace hits the snare drum with his left hand, clap, 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 clap. Okay. So let me help some of us out here. Um, so anyway, where was I going here? Be authentic, okay? If you're not, if, if, if you're not good with, uh, with raising your hand, it's okay. It's about engaging with the heart. So my third point this morning is engagement is the goal. That is the goal. That is the target. God is passionate toward you. Let me tell you this. God is crazy in love with you. And you may not believe that. You may believe one plus one is three, but you're wrong. 
You may say, well, I don't believe that God is crazy about me. Well, let me tell you, he is. That is the truth. He sent his son. He took from himself his son to die on the cross for all of our sins. So today is a great day to worship God. Worshiping God is a choice that we make. God's not going to hold, you, hold your head down and say, worship me, worship me. So my third point is engagement is the goal. God is passionate toward you. And we press in. Well, let me say it this way. When we press in, he reciprocates. Uh, I'm not concerned about your outward expression as, you know, if you're clapping or sitting or standing or raising your hands. What I want you to do is connect with the Lord. Determine to begin to press in where you are now even deeper. And as you yield to him, you'll get more comfortable in that. It's God's greatest desire to pour out his love on you. I want all of us to, to walk in victory, and I want all of us to press into that place of worship. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe you had one at one point in time, but you've walked away. If that's you, that God is beckoning you this morning, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. There's no shame in that. God loves you. God wants to have an intimate, personal relationship with you. And it starts when we begin to yield our life to him. Anybody here today? All right. I told you that we're going to have a lab this morning. So what I want you to do is the thing that we do every Sunday morning. I want you to take a, a few minutes and I want you to say, God, what are you speaking to me this morning? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me about this message what are you saying to me right now? And then uh, the, the praise team is going to play for a little while. And, uh, and after you hear from the Lord, then I want you to begin to press into worship. You, where you are, you can kneel, you can stand, you can sit, you can lift your hands and cry, whatever, whatever that looks for you. And I want you to press into him for a little while. The more I seek
from the cup in your hand lay back against you and breathe feel your heart this love is so deep it's more than i can stand i melt in your peace it's overwhelming You can stay in a posture of worship, but let's begin to press into him, okay? Let's really begin to worship him and press into him, all right? Let's take a few minutes just to press into that worship zone. The more I seek you, oh, the more I find you, the more I find you, the more I Drink from the cup in your hand Lay back against you and breathe Feel your heart beat This love is so deep It's more than I can stand I'm melting your peace It's overwhelming I want, I want to sit at your feet Drink from the cup in your hand. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heart beat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I'm melting your peace. It's overwhelming. God, I melt in your peace, Lord. I love you, Lord. Thank you, God. I want to sit at your feet. I want to. I want to sit at your feet. Drink from the cup in your hand. Lay back and get still and breathe. Feel your heart beat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. I want to sit at your feet. Drink from the cup in your hand. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heart beat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. Lord God, your love is overwhelming. 
And I know that there, there may be people here this morning, maybe people watching online that, that can't handle the fullness of the love that you're desires to pour out. And so, Father, I pray that you would cause us to be able to receive all that you have. Father, there, there may be people watching online or even in this building that, that have been really hurt and wounded. And you're doing a work. And it starts, it begins many times as we begin to just yield our lives to you and allow you access. As we just begin to trust you and lean against you begin to hear your heartbeat and begin to feel your gentle arms of love reach around and grab us and pull us close and hold us in comfort and security so father I pray that as we go from this place this morning that we would not rush out of this posture of receiving from you and that this would be a lifestyle for us worship would be not just a great song or song service or even sunday morning service but it would be about an encounter with you on a continual basis and father we give you praise and glory and honor and thanks for what you've done and what you're doing and pray that you would continue this great work that you've begun in us in jesus name before I dismiss you, I want to share a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I want to remind you, you may be seated, that uh, there's no classes tonight. The Starting Life 101 will not be tonight. It will resume next week, and also the College and Career will res resume next week. Um, I want to encourage you to, I think we have some Bible reading programs back there in the foyer. Also, um, the prayer team will be back there in the foyer, so when you exit, if you wouldn't mind, if you would go behind the corridor here and through the red door and and give the prayer team some privacy if, if if there's something that you would like somebody to stand with you in prayer about uh the rubios will be back there in the foyer and uh, they'd love to pray with you uh the last thing that i want to share is that uh this could be walter's last sunday here um walter and i have been talking for a while and and uh just felt like maybe there was some other opportunities for him that that might be a better fit and so uh, he may be, this may be his last Sunday here. We're trying to get somebody to fill in. He already has a place to go and they're wanting him. And so uh, I don't know how this is gonna play out, but that's another thing that you can be in prayer for us so we get another praise and worship leader and pray for Walter, the transition there. And Walter, your son, uh, I thought I could get through the service without crying, but I love you. And uh you're always welcome here in this house, and we love you. And I want to publicly say thank you for all that you've done. And uh, if you'll just reach out your hands, let's just pray for Walter. Father, we just thank you for Walter and Christy, and we pray for this transition and this new season for them, that you would continue to guide them and lead them. And we're thankful for what you've imparted to Life Fellowship through them. And and uh, and I know that there's been impartation the other way from us. and. We're, we're bonded together in, in the, the bond of Christ, the love of Christ. And Father, we just pray your, your best and finest blessings and favor, strength, encouragement, and leading as they go to this new position. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for bringing Walter here for even the short season. And uh, we just ask your blessings over him and his family. Smooth transition in Jesus' name.
Amen. I love you, son. I love you too, so, you know, there are seasons in our life where we go through transition. And I promise you, if you're not going through a transition right now, you will or you have been. And uh, we, we just need to transition well and we need to look to the Lord. So as you go out this week, be reminded of God's great love for you. He has a tremendous plan for you. If we will get out of the way and let him be God and just do what we need to do. It works out a lot better, I promise you. So go out and live it. Live it. You're dismissed. Thank you. I love you so much.